Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today I'm sitting down with Mr. Jason Cross, all the way from Parmatucky at some place in Michigan. I actually met him in North Carolina. I was out there supporting Dylan Carmichael's camp, as was he. Man, we talked speedos, pool parties, music, mullets, Home Depot. Dude, Hobby Lobby. Did you know Jason Cross is a barber? You will soon. Let's get to know Jason Cross. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes, Mr. Jason Cross in Las Vegas. Welcome, dude. Good to be here, man. Let's talk about your flight into town today, man. Yeah, we were uh, we were up at about quarter to four this morning. <laughs> Hence the nap this afternoon. Yeah, good nap. Did you guys eat at the Coronado Cafe? We did. So I'm going to tell you a little secret about that place. They have the best Chinese food in town. Really? They do. Never would have thought. Thursday nights, probably two to three times a month. Is that like they're special? That, no. It's oh. all the time. I go there, and I will have Chinese food because it's consistent. It's good. That's good to know. It is. Because we're staying. At and that point, the whole time you should. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Lunch or dinner, Chinese. Food. You know what I noticed? Uh, their midnight shift menu. The steak and eggs. It was like six bucks. Dude, it used to be dollar ninety nine. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So we're probably gonna eat a lot of food there. You should, week. and it's <laughs> consistent. It's good. They're, uh, um, I don't know if it's steak and shake, but they got one of those places in there too. That the, yeah. the ice cream, I'm not saying, is the go to. Um, that is sold diet. inside the retail store there. <laughs> Blue Valor, right here. No, this, this one, this one is sold at the at the South Point inside there. Well, that's where so, I'm gonna have some. You, well, you after you tonight too. Well, yeah, you're gonna have some tonight too. So you get into town, you have breakfast, you're back at Stoney's. You tired still? Or are you awake? I feel good. You feel good. That sound check was. That, it's a nice that, room. Yeah, it gives you some good energy. Dude, the drums. I know I was telling you the, the story about, about the drum mics. They it like I would love to just take the other ones and put them on there just so you could hear the difference. Right. And uh. It literally night and day difference. I've I, never seen mics like that. They're badass. Yeah, they're, it's from fucking jazz people, dude. They That's look where like it comes a from. UFO crash, and y'all found them in that inside the spaceship, dude. Because <laughs> yeah, they're, they almost look like pencils or pens yeah. or something. They're so thin. They're super high tech. Okay, so I got to see you in North Carolina. Uh, I think I told you there. I followed you for a little while, probably because of Dean. Yeah, you're crazy, and I, I actually put you in the bucket of someone I couldn't hang out with, like Jared Neiman and. and yeah, I think that was um, like the first thing you said to me. Yeah, and Barker Lyles. I don't, I don't think we can hang out. Yeah, I was like, be- why not? Because you party way too fucking much. And then you told me about your experience in Vegas at the pool with your speedos. Actually, I saw that photo. Did I tell you about the Canadian guys? No, dude, big group from uh, French Canadian from Ontario, I want to say, and I mean they were like. Out of their minds, like one of the guys told me he was like prepared to die that day. What? 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 Sort of God. Why? It was like the machine, you know. Just they a, were like drinking, and they just loved your vibe. They or had something? a cabana. They must have been like I don't know, just boys trip, man. They saw me in the speedo. They called me up. They're giving me shots in 1942, and just like had a half gallon of Grey Goose at the day club. So you know that's like, dude, wide open. They're just going crazy, dumping that shit all over my chest. It's like you had a you had a blast. Yeah. Just me and some French Canadian boys, <laughs> just hanging out in, in your speedos. In my speedos, and they were in speedos too. I would no, assume. no regular that's trunks. Why they, that's why they like me so much. Right, you just no fucks given. I'm not gonna lie, I was extremely surprised that I was the only one looking the way that I looked in Vegas. Right at at a, at a pool party. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I really was. I had the leopard speedo on, mullet flowing, matching matching glasses. Like you were fitting, and I was just sticking out like a sore thumb, dude. Do you know who Tristan Merez is? 
I don't think I do. He's a red dirt kid, and he played a show here, and he was supposed to have a show uh, the following day up in Reno, but it got canceled, so he stayed in town, and someone in his camp knew someone over at Virgin, so they got him a room for the night for him and his band over at Virgin. He says, Toad, he goes, something on my bucket list is I just have always wanted to go to a pool party. Do you know anybody? And I said, you're staying at Virgin? He goes, yeah. I was like, I'm going to call my buddy Mike. My buddy Mike does all the activation stuff there with DJs and bands and everything like that, so... I call Mike. I'm like, listen, dude, I got a, I got a good buddy in here, band playing tonight, staying tomorrow night, staying at Virgin. Anyway, you can get him in there, just show him a good time, whatever. He's like, no problem, I'll take care of him. <laughs> Here's the stage. Then they have the uh, influencer cabanas right next to the stage, and this is like the GA area, and then it goes way back. Well, they put Tristan in his whole camp. Well, he, he's all cowboyed out. They had to go to Target because they didn't have anything. So Literally, buys, buy some swim trunks. Buy and some a towel. swim trunks. <laughs> yeah. Towel, fucking whatever shirt they were wearing, and a cowboy hat, and his glasses walked in. Snoop Dogg was the artist that day. No so way. So his first experience, he was an influencer. He got to see Snoop Dogg and was literally the fucking man, like his whole crew. So I had to explain something to him was that next time. It's never going to be like that again. never. This is not fucking normal. This is <laughs> yeah. like not unless you got millions and millions Might of dollars. Might as well just not even do another pool party. Like the, Call you, it a day. You literally peaked out first time. Yes. Just, yeah. Fucking no shots point. fired and you're done, dude. That's it. That, that is a, oh, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't think it gets much better than that. Let's talk about, so how did you get hooked up with the guys in the Carmichael camp to get you out to that show where I finally got to meet you in Wilmington, North Carolina? So you know Brian. I do know Brian. Um, Brian Collins is his drummer. Yep. He just started with him not too long ago. Probably half a year ago. I now. met him from... Adam Sanders, I think, was the first time I met him, or maybe. And he's playing with Adam. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so you've known how long have you known Brian? A couple years, probably three years. Okay. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. I yeah. think he came out here with another guy, Lee Gant. Was the first time I'd met him. Yep. Yeah. So I was actually, I think I like popped out. I'd known I've known Brian for probably a little over a year now, and I popped out one night after getting off the road, probably back in like September, and I saw Brian. He saw me and he was like, "Dude." told me about the Dylan Carmichael show in Wilmington. He's doing that fundraiser for his sister. Yep. Wants me to be direct support. I'm like, thank God. Thank God I had a night to like go out. Because that's what happens when you go out in Nashville. Yeah. You, it's, it's like out of sight, out of mind. You know what I'm saying? Like You can know as many people as you want, but you got to put your face in front of them for them to go, oh, light bulb. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about this. Here you are. So he asked me to play the show. I was like, absolutely. Sounds amazing. And, uh, and it was, man. We got to Wilmington. Uh, Played a you know full on direct support gig for Dylan Carmichael. Met you there, and that I mean that that night was electric. It was. Yeah. I, I like to think of it as I mean, get you think about great cause. The weather was fucking badass. And Goddamn it was hurricane. To be bad. Well, it, I mean, it wasn't the greatest. It was fucking pouring when Dylan went on. You guys oh, got it the was, gold wasn't of it. it. Yes, you're well, right. You, I was like, I'm like, yeah, we were good. We were so good. <laughs> you were dry, but yeah. then you went out and you sang with Dylan, which was badass. Yeah. I forgot what song that was, but you guys pick up, man. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. That was badass, dude. The whole night was cool, and it sold me on you, uh, just to get your ass out here and not have to go through the normal channels of bullshit that we normally have to yeah, go through to get you. That's fucking rad. Stars aligned. Ha. So since then, what's been going on with you? Um. So we we finished out the year, you know, playing some more shows. Had a couple good hometown shows. Where are you from? To. I'm from Michigan. Okay. I grew up uh, right outside of Jackson in a small town called Parma. They'll call it Parma, Tucky. It's like okay. 1500 population, you know, but it, it's not far from Jackson. Looks just like a bigger town. Okay. So I wasn't really like I grew up out in the country, but I was still close enough to where I got the best of both worlds. And 
we just went up to Grand Rapids in December and played like one of my favorite venues back home called the Intersection. And uh, a lot of national acts come through there. They've got like three different rooms. So that was really cool. That was my first time playing there like as my own solo artist. Right. I'd played there before with uh, Sadie Bass, who's a girl that I know back in Nashville. We grew up like 40 minutes from each other. So when you're with her, you're playing guitar or? Play guitar and, and backup vocals. Gotcha. And we stopped playing together. She always knew I wanted to go do my own thing. So we stopped playing together. We had actually had a show opening for Low Cash in my hometown on March 14th, 2020. And it was literally the day that everything shut down. Right. Had. Had. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, after that, I ended up moving to Nashville that November 2020. And um, we just, you know, I started doing my own thing. Like we always talked about. She always knew I wanted to. So then she moved down a couple months later. And now we're kind of like getting back together, doing like content together, writing together. It's So it's really cool. Sweet. We've like reconnected. But, but yeah, this year I started the new year off working on some new music. I got a new single in the works right now. Um, trying to book as many artist gigs as possible this year. That's like the biggest change I want to see in 2023 is like playing ticketed events, playing my own music, you know, the cover gig stuff. I'll, I'll continue to do it. I just kind of want to have a a majority of them be these artist gigs. Cover stuff can pay some bills. Yeah. And it's fun. I have a good time doing it. I just love playing music. So it's like, it's no, no, no problem there, but I just... I'm trying to progress. It's been a steady progression since I moved to Nashville, I feel, and I just got to keep that going. What got you to say, I need to move to Nashville? Did you go with friends? Did you go by yourself? Um, the first time I went was like May 2018 for my cousin's bachelor party, and it was I put it all together, had like 25 guys down there. It was, a, it was just an insane, it was a madhouse. And that wasn't even really the time, I and mean, we had a good time, but I was... I wasn't really like... You didn't look at it as, I want to live here or anything? Yeah. Gotcha. I was still in the mindset that I could do music and like be successful from Michigan and just kind of start there and grow out from there, and that couldn't be more false. Maybe nowadays it's a little different with social media, at TikTok and Instagram, and like these right. people like blowing up on there. Um, but I still, I don't know, man. If somebody asked me right now, I'd tell them, like, you should be in Nashville because... Just the, the the connections that you can make, the rooms you can get in, the songs you can write. It's just it's only there. It's exclusively there. That's why a place like Winners and Losers, well, I guess we'll just say Whiskey Jam does so well because yeah. the people are there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, man. It's just and it, it it's a good community too. It doesn't feel so big city. I'm not a big city guy. And it doesn't feel that way. It kind of feels like it's got that hometown vibe because everybody's got that. It's like a melting pot of like Midwestern hospitality, that like Southern hospitality, like people from out West. And it's just, everybody is just kind of on the same team. Right. It's not, it's competitive, but it's friendly. I, I always like to say that the neatest thing about the country music genre, the whole genre as a whole, not just the traditional pop, whatever else is coming out in the world today, the y'all champion each other like no other, which is the neatest yeah. thing in the world. You put out a single, then all of a sudden there's 40 of your friends that just, you don't have to ask them. Right. They just do it. Well, it's cool, man, because you never know when, you know, you, that, that person that you're supporting and they support you, it's like one of y'all has a pretty decent chance of popping off at some point. Sure. And then, you know, this doesn't always happen, but most of the time you're going to reach a hand out and bring you along with them. Right. Whether it's like cutting a song that you wrote with them right. or you know, having you as, like, a support act at a couple of their shows, like, whatever the case, it's, like, there's just, like, so many ways to 
to pay right. it forward. I think you look at a guy like Ray Fulcher who's written an awful lot with Luke, and yeah, um, they just went on tour together. Right. And that's kind of the neatest thing. Even look at the same thing with like Morgan and Hardy and Ernest. Ernest. And yeah, yeah. It's pretty badass. Man. Super. I, I think that's the way, 100% the way it should be. Right. I just and that's how you get there. Yeah. Is you just, you, you find people that you mutually believe in and they believe in you. Right. And you support each other. It's win-win. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. There's a, there's a lot of gatekeeping. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of people keeping secrets and... You know, they, they think That's they're life. onto something, and yeah, you'll have that. That's just the industry as a whole. But if I had to like pick a place that the music industry is strong, like Austin, LA, Nashville, yeah. New York, na- there's no comparison to Nashville. I think New York's be way different. I mean, New York and LA, tough. Yeah. And Austin's a. I, I wouldn't, I couldn't do it because that's not what I'm in it for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I got too big of a heart. I couldn't be that like dirty you know, backstabbing, egotistical type of person that it kind of takes to make it. They'll come get you at some point. Karma's <laughs> a bitch, man. <laughs> right. Karma is a bitch. I just, I believe fully that if, if you're if you're living right, good things will come. Right? Yeah. What's your favorite bar to hang out at in Nashville? Dude, no joke. This might not be a super popular pick, but Bourbon Street Blues Bar in okay. Printer's Alley. Yeah. Have you been? Yeah, Ben. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's just a good change of pace. I love the oldies like rock, like Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan and like the the blues and right. you never know who you're gonna catch in there too. Like there's been some some you know, musicians will sit in that are like with these huge touring acts and you'd have no idea, but they just like do it because they're, you know, off on a Thursday and right. just pop in and play I with think, whoever's singing. I think that's what's pretty cool about Nashville is like you go to certain places like uh, just throw the red door out there because I've been there quite a few times. Oh, yeah. but you go in there and everyone and the brothers in there. Yeah. That's just and even Going to Winners and Losers on an off night is kind of cool too because if people are in town, they just go hang out with their friends there. And that was really cool. So you asked me when I decided that I wanted to move to Nashville. Yeah. In January 2020, Sadie Bass and I had an acoustic gig for a taxidermy shop that was celebrating like an anniversary and they were having a big party in Lexington. So we went down there, played the gig, and we're like, hey, we should just. We're like three and a half hours from Nashville. We should just go spend a few days. She had a couple of people she knew. I knew nobody. Right. Well, I take that back. The Brantley Gilbert Cruise was November 2019. I met a bunch of people. So I did have like first impression type sure. acquaint- acquaintances. So we went down there and the guy, one of the guys that she knew set up some rights for us. And I did my first co-write. And we wrote a song that Sadie actually ended up cutting later on. And I was like hooked. Like that was it. I was like, oh, I got to be in Nashville. Right. I have to be here. And then COVID hit. I was already planning, like, this summer. I think I'm going to move this summer to Nashville. COVID hit in March. I went down there in June because I had an acoustic gig in Somerville. It was, like, some private party, which is, like, two and a half hours outside of Nashville. I stayed with a buddy in Nashville, and I was down there for probably eight, nine days. And it was a ghost town huh. because it was co- middle of right. COVID. nothing going but on. But everything was open still. It was weird. But Na- nobody was there. Right. Nashville had, like, in the month of June 2020, they, like, opened everything back up. And then, like, in July, they shut it all back down and started getting, like, weird with the restrictions. And so when I was there in June, we were going to Winners and Losers and Red Door, and it was literally just all locals. Like, I kicked it with Morgan Wallen one of those nights at Losers. And it was, like, that was just how it was. It was just, there was no, there was no tourists. There was no uh, students from Vanderbilt. Right, nothing. It was just, like, industry people. I would watch the videos because... I want to say Dean actually, maybe it was Dean or Cody. I don't know. Someone posted, everyone posted videos of just driving down Broadway and it was just blank. And then my birthday, May, 
2020, we all got on our bikes here and rode all... Huh? What day? 19th. That's my mom's birthday. Is it really? I swear. I love your mom. She's rad. She's great. Hell yes. She's the best lady that lives on this earth. <laughs> we rode our bikes down the strip. Nothing. There was not a car on the strip. Yeah, dude. Ghost it was town. the creepiest. And everyone was riding their bikes up and down the strip. We rode from here all the way down to the wind and then back. And it was just actually the other way around. We drove. We rode from the wind down here and then back. And That's it was so just. Wild. It was nuts because I literally would have bet my house that there's no way a casino is ever going to close. And I would have lost my house. But. I'm glad I didn't, but I mean, that was fucking crazy. At the yeah. end of the day, it was everyone, everyone had some sort of a pivot. Like, uh, I know that uh, Scott Stevens, um, guitar player Tim, yeah, my no, buddy, Tim's a beast, he dude. is a beast. Well, my buddy Todd went to uh, Home Depot and sends me a picture of him and Tim, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, got to do what you got to do. He was at the yeah, during COVID, he had no, no choice. You know what's funny, dude? I for whatever reason, I think since I was younger, I've always thought that a great side gig would be working at like uh. Or uh, what am I trying to think of? Like a Home Depot or Lowe's or right. Menards. I would love that. You'd fit what, in. I don't know what it is, dude. <laughs> I know, right? Like I don't. I can walk around a Lowe's all day long. I don't. I'm so. I during COVID, I, I so I, I bought a boat. I started surfing. I fucking fell in love with it. Oh yeah. During COVID, I sold my boat to someone that offered me what I paid for it. So I had it for three and a half years. I'm like, yes. And the idea was to buy a bigger boat. Well, then the lake here just went down. So I built this garage in my backyard to put the boat in because I don't like things sitting in the sun, not in here. Yep. Now it stores my dirt bikes, my razor, and it's a fucking full-blown wood shop. I got planers. I got jigsaws, nice. sanders. I've got all kinds of shit. Well, my front garage, I ended up buying a CNC machine and a laser machine. Damn, so that's dude. literally what... Like, what are you, you trying to do? If I'm, build whatever shit. Whatever you can. Like, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever I you want, want to. <laughs> so it all started off where my girl wanted... Uh, she wanted oversized Scrabble tiles on the wall with our names on them. But everyone on Etsy was selling a piece of wood and a fucking cricket vinyl thing on it. Yeah. I'm like, let's... Let's buy this machine. She's like, let's. So I bought the machine. <laughs> do, you, do you make stuff and sell it on Etsy? I do. Yeah. I do have an Etsy store. Dude, I shit you not, yesterday I just got an order for 900 and something dollars for these Scrabble tiles. Holy La- shit. Lady ordered 90-something pieces. Where do you find the time? It's peaceful, my brother. Yeah. It, is, it, is the, it is the time that I have peace. Yep. I don't think. I put my AirPods in. I listen to music, and I sit in there, and I just create. It's, it's fucking the coolest thing ever. But... Needless to say, that's what my garage turned into was a full-blown wood shop because I like going to Home Home Depot and Lowe's because you look at all this neat shit. I, I mean, I can walk around, unfortunately, Hobby Lobby for a while. There's a lot of flowers and shit and fucking pattern stuff on that side, but I'm all into I get ideas. I'll walk yeah. through there and look because Hobby Lobby, I don't know if you've ever been in one. Yeah, my they, first time actually like a few weeks ago. My the, girlfriend dragged me there. And dude, I was the like, craziest oh, shit in there. This is badass. They have, and I get ideas, and I go home and make them myself. I yep. don't need to. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Probably better than yeah. it's made there. Well, honestly. and it's got a little more love to them. I built a, a wall in my house to turn it, like the whole wall is all reclaimed wood. Yeah, like, sick. I did it all myself. It's like just fucking badass. What do they call that shiplap? Um, n- n- no. So downstairs in, uh, uh, I'll show you when we leave here, we have the Rebel Lounge downstairs. Yeah. And the wall in there, I went to a place and I just got a whole bunch of wood from barns and I ended up just putting on the walls um, downstairs. So I actually did it here first. And then at home, I went to go buy the same wood and the guy goes, dude, I have some stuff here that's milled and tongue and groove. So I was like, okay. And he was like, it's about three times the price. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying it because it just <laughs> it made my life easier. For sure. Because they were all even, definitely different colored wood. I'll show you a picture of it. It came out fucking badass. But yeah. needless to say is that you just start to get creative. And then I used to take pallets um, 
build stuff out of pallets, wine racks and stuff. And then I would take old old spools and make clocks out of them. That's and sick. Just, just, I just love those kinds of stores and get ideas and just have fun. Yeah. I, mean, I, I enjoy music. It's my favorite. It's my passion in the world. But to clear my head, that's what I do. Yeah, dude. I go so. play with my wood. <laughs> so you got to have a side gig, man. Whatever. Yeah. Even even if it's not like, even if you don't just do it for the income, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. Have something like that. Like, I actually, I'm a barber. Okay. So I cut hair um, probably like three days a week down yeah. in Nashville. And At a place, you have your own right like chair somewhere? Oh, out of your house. Cool. Yeah. I literally, the first thing I did when I moved there was buy, I got on Facebook Marketplace and I bought like this old school salon chair from this lady and a big ass mirror. Right. And then I just like set up shop in the basement. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude. So that, that was like, honest to God, that's how I got through my first year of j- just cutting Buddy's hair. Because, right. How I much mean, is a haircut? 40 bucks? 35. 35 bucks. Yeah. It probably could be more, but I'm like, hey, we'll, right. keep, we'll keep it chill. Well, so, with the t- so you're getting, I don't know, probably 40, 50 bucks with your tip. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like just enough to get me by, you know? It's kind of low key. Have you ever heard of um, um, a magazine, Independent Barber or Indie Barber or something like that? I don't think I have. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. My, my grandparents owned a salon back home. Yeah. And so when I was like 20 years old... I guess when I turned 20, I um, decided to go to hair school because oh. I'm like going to community college. What, is that like esthetician school or what? Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. Cause, no, I was going to community college, didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. And I'm like, I'm just spending money and I don't know why. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get into cutting hair. Like, got a business I could take over someday. Like, music wasn't even a thought. Wasn't on the radar. No. I was, I was like, kind of wanted to start playing gigs i didn't play my first paid gig until i was like 23 okay like at a at a bar that i call like the headquarters back home it's uh called the the oak tree lounge and uh it's just like this little honey hole that i just pretty much started that's where it all started and so how do people find you to get a haircut uh it's usually just word of mouth i don't really advertise it because you can get in trouble for it yeah i'm trying to find this photo so this guy owns a place called uh uh, Steel City Barber Lounge uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. I guess this is the easiest way to do it. So, he's if you click on the IBOY on there, Independent Barber of the Year, did it pop up? No, I don't think it did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, as a magazine, this dude won Independent. You see what shirt he's wearing? No. So here's what's funny is he's good friends with John, the bass player for Granger Smith. Dude, he looks like he could be my brother. Dude, no shit, right? That's wild, actually. <laughs> guys do look similar well, i don't sick. know the guy never met him before no shit never met him so he tags my clothing company with this thing on there and i go look at it so i write him like bro where the fuck did you get that shirt and he goes well my buddy john is the bass player for granger smith i saw him wearing it so i bought one of the shirts and and he that's all he fucking wears so i just literally yesterday i came uh, one of my really good friends owns a print shop here and so that's where I get my stuff yep. from. Well, this he just got a direct to film printer. So I just I can print one shirt if I want to. Yeah, I don't have to print nice. fucking fifty. That's so really I come nice. out with ideas. People buy them, then I go make them. Whatever. It's a neat thing. Well, I just sent him the three. I have this one, this one, and one other one. I sent him all three of them. Well, these just like Dean. I got three shirts for Dean. I just like he's bought stuff before, but here's a dude that plays on Broadway all the time, and all these people take pictures and they see the shirt. It's a win, dude. It's so funny because I literally have seen so many of my friends wear your shirt, and I had no idea it was yours. That's me. Just now. That's me. So I'm no, gonna to, I'm gonna have to take a couple home. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. I have some in my office. Perfect. I just have a couple. It's funny that when the last time Granger played here, I was wearing my famous enough hat. I don't know what shirt I was wearing, but I walked by during soundcheck, and he just—I don't know him. I'd never like I know. 
Granger from he's Granger. Got a sick story. Who? Granger. Yeah, he's a neat dude. Yeah, he is. Um, that was but my I, first direct support gig as my own artist. Was with him. Yep. So I walk by in front of John during sound check. He points down at me. He goes, "Dude, I love that brand." And I'm like, "Look, I'm like, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Your hat." I, point, I went like that. I went, "Oh, sweet!" Like that. I go, "How do you know about that?" He goes, "I see it all over Nashville." I said, right. He goes, I follow him online. I go, bullshit. I go, dude, show me. So he pulls out his Instagram. I'll be fucking goddamn if he doesn't follow it. I said, it's my clothing company. He goes, shut up. I said, seriously, dude, it's mine. He goes, no way. I said, you know what? My girl's on her way down. I'll have her bring you a hat. He goes, bring me a shirt. I'll wear it tonight. So when you go to the front page of Famous Enough, it's I had my photographer. I said, 90% bass player, 10% Granger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So he wears it all the time, which is fucking Sick. rad. And so I just talked to him the other day. And I'm like, bro, I got some new shit. I'm going to send it out to you. He's like, I'll rock the shit out of it. I go, dude, thanks for repping. He goes, I'm always going to support. It's just the neatest. This, and to me, I don't expect to give all my shirts away. That's not how you make money. Uh, but I'm always down to give people shit that will wear it, support it, for and sure. then down the road it. I have a DJ in San Diego that just asked me for his own code. And I gave him the code yesterday, and I had two orders with his code today. And I'm like, that's that's the way it works. Awesome. And he bought his shit. And then at my end of the day is I know that it takes money to make money, so I'm all about giving. I'll give you some shirts. But the end of the day is, like, if you put them in the right places, it's win-win. For sure. I mean, you give me a shirt, I'm going to give you a few tags on Instagram. Sweet. I'll yeah, take them. No I'll doubt. take them. The end of the that's, day is... That's how it's supposed and to they're, go. And they're rad shirts. I don't buy cheap Gildan. I only buy next-level yeah. shit. Like, they're super comfy, and that's kind of... The Speaking of Granger, that's somebody who knows about merch. He does. I've been seeing a lot of shit lately negative towards Granger about what he stands for and what he does with guns and everything like that, which is... Whatever, dude. I don't, this, this fucking world we're living in right now, it's, man. Dude, so... Dude, it's I got to tell you... I got to tell you a funny story. I went to go see a comedian last night, and he comes out, and he goes, the world we live in today is so fucked up. He goes, I was with, I think he was at his buddy's house or whatever like that. They went on a vacation to his buddy's house, and they had to go to the school because there was a problem at the school with some other kids, and they wanted to talk about it. So they all go to this thing, and these parents come in there, and the kids, they define themselves as cats. I heard about that. I wish I didn't hear about that, but I heard about that. So he says he goes home, and it was the funniest thing in the world because he goes, like, you identify as a cat. Is your mother a cat? Kid goes, no. Father goes, am I a cat? He goes, no. He goes, well, if you're going to identify as a cat, your mother's allergic. Get the fuck outside. Sleep outside. <laughs> and I just started laughing because I'm like, that's what needs to happen in this world. Is this Dude, we all had the horse girl. In our class when we were in elementary yeah. school. You know what I'm saying? She didn't yeah. identify as one, but we identified her as one. Yeah. she. Well, she yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. What are we doing? What's going on? I don't... Isn't Granger's like... He's like like uh, being a pastor, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's got his own podcast that he's like... He preaches a lot. Yes, yeah. he does. And I, I love that dude. I mean, the stuff that I was reading online, I probably should have dove a little bit deeper into it because it was it was about be careful what, what people you follow online because they really don't stand for what you think they stand for. But I was like, man, Granger's been nothing but... He's been here three times. His first time here was rad. His second time, someone tried to book him at a casino in a ballroom. Yeah. And when he found out, he literally called us and said, I don't want to play there. I want to play in the honky-tonk. But I couldn't afford what he was making there. Mm -hmm. So I said, this is all I got, dude. And he said, I'll take it. No just shit. so he could play here. So he took a hit to come play here. I don't blame and, him. Yeah, and so, I haven't even played here yet, but I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, we're a honky-tonk. <laughs> the end of the day is we're a honky-tonk. If you're going yeah. to go put you in a ballroom, like... You're at that level where you can pick and choose in some sense. And For sure. So your your first support gig, how did, how did that come together? So there's a guy back home that I know that he's a, he's a promoter of sorts. He like puts country festivals and concerts together. All right. Kind of like started this series in my hometown. And I was like quickly on his radar 
from when I was playing with Sadie, and then I went off on my own. And he actually, after I moved to Nashville, I I put out my first single in like March, and he'd been hitting me up like all winter, wanting to get some stuff together. This is like coming out of COVID now, so right. like he'd been trying to have shows, and it was just killing them because they were like in michigan was ridiculous with shit like even like the outdoor concerts they were putting like these crazy limitations on them and like it was was six feet apart it was goofy so finally comes to the time where we can have a normal show it was like a thousand cap you could have a a thousand gathered outdoors and because a thousand and one causes a fucking problem Dude, I, it was looking back at the time. It even seemed crazy, and now looking back, it's like that was insane. We lived through that sheep like a motherfucker. Yeah, dude, it was, it was hard to watch. Yeah, but um, yeah. So he he said, "I'm having Granger Smith. I want you to open for him." And I was like, "Let's go." This is like this is this is pretty much year one of me getting out on the road with a band. Actually, no joke. That was my first full band front gig right that i ever played not a cover show but uh, your your shit getting yeah. out and, wow actually like my first full band show that i played period okay like including were I all had, the guys your friends already that you already played with before or so caleb was with me who's playing with me tonight he's always been with me caleb he, is caleb's the guitarist okay young kid he actually moved down to nashville with me and then dean i don't think dean was with me then but the bassist, the drummer, I knew the drummer because he grew up like an hour from me, but then moved to Nashville a few years before I did, so I hadn't seen him in forever, and then we reconnected, and then he nice. started drumming for me. He was with um, Job Fortner. Okay. You know about Job Fortner? I know, I know who Job is. He He's never the, been here, but I know yeah, him. Yeah. Before, I think like pre-COVID, he was with him for like a couple years on tour. Um, and then I had Charlie Diaz is just this insane guitarist that plays for Riley Green now. Okay. So he played my first show with me, too. So it was just... Yeah, we just like threw the shit together. Like, good man, show. It was a great show. He puts, I was, dude. I was so nervous. Well, I think the day you, you're not nervous anymore, you're, you you, yeah. you got to challenge yourself a, a little bit more. No doubt. I'm a true believer in that. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of turned from. There's still there's it's still like a like nerve thing, but it's more excitement. Yeah. And adrenaline. Than it is like being nervous that I'm gonna like mess up. I don't. Yeah, I'm just talking nerves in general. Yeah. I think it's neat to go out there and you don't know what to oh, expect. Dude, I can't or, imagine. Yeah, I, you, I got nerves right now thinking about tonight. Why? I'll, I don't know, dude. Always. Just do you. I always tell people that the last thing I usually I'll announce. I'll stand on the side and right before you go up there, I, I just I always say the, the same thing to everybody that plays here: is have fun. Just have fun. We always have fun. Yeah, I mean, and that's the end of it all. It takes, I go ride my dirt bike and my girl for the longest time and tell me to be careful. I'm like, it's already in my fucking head. I've broken my back. <laughs> I've broken my ribs. Just tell me to have fun. Yeah. And know that if I go, I'm going doing something I love doing. Right. So tell me to be safe is like, you're, you're fucking. Ken Black, all right, yeah. dude. Dude. Straight up. Right? Yeah. That was a tough day. That was tough. That that's was a tough day. Prime example, though, you know? I mean. Dude. I think my saddest moment of the last couple of years was Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. Such a bummer. Did you see his kid drum? I did. And I probably watched that a hundred times. Yeah. The song choice. His face. Just his Dude, face. Dude, I've, I've watched it like 15 times yeah. and I just, every time. I'm going to watch it again when I get Child home tonight. The baby. Dude, it's, it's the neatest thing in the world mm-hmm. um, to watch that. That particular weekend was rough for me because Taylor went like on a Thursday night. Friday night, one of our regulars here that was a good buddy of mine passed away Damn. and so saturday morning was rough yeah super rough um i 
I've seen Taylor quite a few times play, and really? I, I'm a Foo Fighters fan. I love Dave um, uh, do I have two Pelham Blue guitars at home just because of Dave? And I, yeah. I play two chords, maybe three. But um, <laughs> not a player. But I just love his guitars. I love his that that color blue is my favorite color. Sick. I mean, it's just, but just their whole story. And I used to always say, because I would love to go watch them play because they would have this drum war, and like, how does Taylor Hawkins? Although he played for Alanis, he's fucking a pro. But how do you walk into a room knowing he's going to play for the the drummer of Nirvana? And think he's gonna fucking outshine that motherfucker in a band. Right. Like, like, could you talk about nerves? Yeah, in <laughs> front of forty thousand people. She, yeah, Wembley. Yeah, yeah, hundred thousand people. Right, but still, he just a. Uh, it's sad. It's truly sad. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of stuff like that, so let's go big time. Who would you love to go out on the road with? Um, I would love to go out with Hardy. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking like current, uh, I like Randy Hauser. Fuck. I just said this to Joe Peters. If I could sit for four hours and watch one artist, that artist would be Randy Hauser. 100%. I'd never get sick of him. Dude's an absolute powerhouse. Yes. Let me tell you a story about Randy. I What if I was like, no? <laughs> <laughs> and I probably wouldn't. I probably would still, actually. Okay, there you go. So he, Stop. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he was opening for Alan Jackson at PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. Okay. My cousin lived there. He was coaching for pit wrestling. This was like right after the college days. So... I plan a trip, go see him, me and his brother, and I'm like, Alan Jackson, hell yeah. I think it was my I think it was my first time seeing AJ. I've seen him like three or four times since, but Randy Hauser's opening. I'm like, yeah, Randy's got a couple cool songs I like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the popular ones, like sure. Running on a Moonlight, How Country Feels. That'll be cool, but like no pressure to get there when he starts. That was like my mindset, because I just wasn't really, right. didn't really know about him. And so we get there probably like halfway through his set, and I think the first song I heard was Like a Cowboy, and I was like, I cried. Yeah. I literally like brought tears in my eyes with his voice and just like how he sang it. And then he did, um, uh, what was his first his first hit? Was, um, You're going to challenge me with something I'm not going to be able to pull. It's a, it's, a, it's a sad song, breakup song. Anything goes. Okay. Anything goes. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> he played that, and I, so I'm like, at this point, five months off of a six-year relationship ending, and he played that song and got me, I mean, the dude literally got me emotional twice, and then he played, like, Whistling Dixie, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy is, like... He's badass. He's badass. I was like, please keep going. Like, I would sit there for another two hours and watch him play. So from then on, I've just been, like, a huge Randy Hauser fan. I went back for, I don't think it was CRS... It was one of the ones where the artists play and they play like three songs and people go there to book book stuff. What CRS? The, Aiba. the tiny desk? Maybe it was Aiba. I think it was Aiba. Because um, Gretchen Wilson had played. He played. And it was downtown. I think it was Aiba because that's oh, what so they... like a live show. Yeah, it was, it was a live show. Um, but each artist gets up and it's the whole idea is to find cruise ships and casinos and they, they they see these artists and that's kind of where they get some of the bookings from anyway got it i, he I just pla- went to the, one of those okay it's like cca caa cca and wme they're all there too they, they no no wanna... those are booking agents no but so what it's for the bigger stuff for like like well, the put, cruises they and put stuff. their artist in these showcases yes for yes these book or these caa that's what it was watch. yes that okay. is i see it so they had one here it was in nashville oh. it was in nashville it's so, probably where they have most of them. Yes. Yeah. So I went back for this particular one. Randy got up, played three songs. He got done. He's like, just book and book me. I just want to play. And I was just like, dude, this guy's <laughs> rad. 
So I go back to Country Fan Fest in Utah a couple years ago. Kojo was the headliner. Huge Cody Johnson, J- Johnson fan. Love him. Well, Randy played right before him. Wow. I'm sorry. You can't follow Randy Hauser. I don't care who the fuck you are. You can't. Maybe Hardy could, but that's about it for me. But that's it. So we do a lot of private events here for Timeshare Company. My buddy Rich books a lot of stuff. Well, he brings Randy here a couple times a year. Well, I'm not a Timeshare guy, but I guarantee you I'm sitting there, and I just I watch him walk out with his guitar, no set list, and he just does his shit, and I'm like, all night long. He only plays for 45 minutes. Yeah. I could watch him for four hours and no never doubt. get sick. Yeah, I would get tired of standing or sitting. That's about it. He's the man, dude. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I would say, if I had to pick three, it'd be him, Hardy, and... um. Probably, I gotta think like country rocking, you know, because yeah. we got a pretty rocking set list. Even like some of the covers we throw in are more like heavy Good. country rock, and most of my originals are that way too. So I don't even know if I could tell you a third. Doesn't Those have to be country. Would you want to go? I mean, fuck, go out to Doobie Brothers. I don't give a shit. I <laughs> dude, I've seen, the, <laughs> I've seen the Doobie Brothers play four times. Have you really? I just went to their. So they had a, a two-year postponed because it was 2020 when it was scheduled. 50th anniversary tour. Damn. With Michael McDonald. No way. And they. How played, badass was that, dude? It was on the Fourth of July, and I'm not kidding you. I'd seen them three times. The only thing for me was like Michael McDonald. Like I want to see Michael McDonald play. And we're like, my parents got a lake house. They just bought it a couple of years ago. Like like my dad retired. They're chilling. Right. So we're out on the lake. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it's 4th of July weekend. We're out on the lake. It's a beautiful day. I'm like, I don't want to go to a fucking concert right now. I want to hang out on the lake and just... But you went to that? Shit up. Yeah. So my little brother had never gone and seen. He's like 12 years younger than me. And he's really big into like oldies music and shit. My dad was like, just knows every word, every fucking song. You know, like how the story behind it. Right. The album, whatever, how it came True about. True fan. Yeah. He like loves... All sorts of oldies music. So my little brother Rocco wanted to go, and I'm like, all right, let's fuck, let's just do it. And it was, out of the four times, it was the best show that I'd seen. Probably because you're with your brother, too, though. That, that helped yeah. a lot. And I took my girlfriend, and she'd never been anything like that, and it was like, it was badass. You met Heather. Yeah. She's never been to a rock show before in her life until she met me. It's always country stuff. That's it. Yep. I took her to her first rock show, and I took her to go see the Deftones, because I am a fan. And that is, like, different, you know? That's another level of different. For sure. So the questions that came out of her, the mosh pit, <laughs> she's like, what are they doing? I said, yeah. that's their line dancing. She's like, what? Yeah. And then the, the crowd surfing, she's like, they get in trouble for that? I said, well, I wouldn't call it trouble, but if the same guy ends up in the same place two or three times, they might walk him to the back and upon. have a little talk to him, yeah. that sort of thing. And then when we go to leave, she's like, where would all these fucking people work? And I'm like... Um. Uh, what's a uh, hot topic? Probably the only place that they work because <laughs> yeah. the, the guys didn't have shoes or shirts; they just had on cutoff jeans. And hot topic and the the Midas maintenance third shift crew, dude. <laughs> yes. Like that's, that's literally, you're working Thursday night. Bell tire, yeah, dude. They're just they're all over. The Hilarious, place. but th- then I got to take her to go see Blue October. I don't know if you've ever heard of them before. I've heard of them, yeah. uh, um, them live, amazing. And then I just took her to go see Biffy Clyro. Which is, they're from um, overseas. Uh, I want to say Scotland, but they'll sell out Wembley. No shit. I've seen them three times here, and I've never seen with more than 400 people at a show. And they're, they, 
what, what do the kids say? They slap. Yeah, they fuck. <laughs> they, dude, they fuck. That's it. They're fucking amazing. The drummer and bass player brothers. Uh, Sick. Simon, the guitar player, lead singer, just a fucking beast on the guitar. And their, their live shows. Are they three-piece? Yes, three-piece, but they've got... Look, look, they got a Chevelle thing going on, then. Uh, um, Kind of. The problem with Chevelle is they were boring as fuck to see live. I don't really? care. Oh, my God. Oh, I walked out of their bad. show. I walked out of it. They um, were just they were just playing, just there. Yeah, like Alan Jackson. I there was no difference in the show. Alan doesn't move. No, nope. no, he can't. Neither does Chevelle. Poor guy. Yeah, I saw Alan Jackson twenty years ago and he didn't move. Really? Nah, he just wasn't. I mean, there was a little bit of you know, maybe like that, but that's about <laughs> Those it. The songs are just gold. Man. He's dude, yeah. amazing, amazing yeah. music. But um, I'll I, tell you what, man. I speaking of rock, like I, I am a rock and roll roots like all the way. Like I grew up Metallica to lead to like Godsmack and le- huh. and then like into high school I went to Warp Tour like seven years in a row right so I'm like heavy metal screamo shit like death core like, the used maybe you you like them I know they're like more like emo I'm, rock kind of thing the but muse no the used the used yeah, yeah. good old Burt McCackron can't sing you know I never I never really got into the used dude their live show unreal yeah I've heard yeah. I've heard good things but I mean, I just that that was country was very secondary for me. Right. My grandpa was actually um, rest his soul. He was he was a cowboy. He was pearl snaps and cowboy hats, shoot horses. My grandma did barrel racing. Oh, love it. Yeah. So like, I grew up around that, riding horses and all that. And like, he was he was my big country influence. And my dad was more rock, but like he loved like Randy Travis and Alan Jackson and all the you know old school real country. Yeah. Right. How, how about um? What was I gonna say? After Midtown, do you know those kids? Yeah, those are my boys. I was just talking to Michael Rotunda yesterday. I, I cut his hair, what he has left of it. What do you have? <laughs> I shave Fucked his up. head nice and smooth, get it all shined up. But. They um, they played uh, Scars by Papa Roach here as a cover. Sick. This place fucking exploded. I bet. Yeah. And they're badass. They're fun. You know they split. No. They're doing their own thing. Are they really? I swear. So they did something that was super fun. I'm going to do it to you. If you could go back to listen to one album for the first time again and have that same feeling you had and hear it all over again for the first time, what album would that be? Whoa. So while you're thinking about it, they asked me that question, and I answered like that. And they were like, you're a fan of music, dude. (laughs) I've got two. Okay, that's fine. I've got the first two that come to mind. Uh, Chris Stapleton, Traveler, his first album. It's a great album, Front to back. Yep. And then uh, Stained. Oh, shit. You're going to go back to, hopefully, with Mud Shovel on it. Yes. <laughs> yes Dysfunction? Um, is it called Dysfunction? I'm sorry. Break the Cycle. Break the Cycle. Yep. That's, that's not got, Mud Shovel, is it's it? It's not Mud no. Shovel. No. But it's got, uh, it's got like, uh, what is it? For You, Outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's I, been a while. I would do the that album before. the first before. CD I ever bought when I was like okay. 13. 12 or 13 years old, had a Walkman. With the with the headphones, dude, and I would just religiously like front to back just listen to that CD over and over. Tears for Fears, first CD I ever bought. Whoa! Songs from the Big Chair. Love them. Yeah, love Tears great, for Fears. It's one of those albums that never gets old. Yep. That Dysfunction album by Stained was unreal. Yeah. I don't I don't hate Break the Cycle, but I think for me Dysfunction like probably because I can play the bass. I mean, Mud Shovel is one of my favorite songs. Dude, it's a fucking aggro song. Adam Warner, who I asked you today if you knew him, he sent me a text message this morning because sometimes I'll come to work and I'll be tired. I used to get here later in the afternoon, but on Fridays I get here earlier to do some stuff, 
paperwork shit, but I would come later at night sometimes and I would sit in the back and I have a, a, a Tundra and I put a um, two tens in the back of it and Hell I would yeah. listen to MGK's The Gunner. And today he sent me a screenshot of it because I told him the story that that's what wake me up. And he's like, let's go. <laughs> like he's listening to it. He's like, this is my brand new jam to wake me up. Because let's it's like, go. But I used to do that to Mud Shovel because you can't just sit there and not sing it. No. Nope. It's like your Alice in Chains stuff. You, you know, can't not sing it. No. You can't. I just, I was, I don't know, dude. That shit. Okay, one more. I'm going to give you one more. Cool. Toxicity. Oh. System of it down. Okay. I was going to the UP in Michigan. It was a seven-hour drive. I was... 12 years old I didn't have anything to do and I my cousin my older cousin was driving with my cousin who was my age his little brother and their friends my parents wouldn't let me ride with him because he just got his license right so I'm with my aunt and uncle a screaming eight month old in between me and my, my little cousin that's like five years old so I it, not it, fair not fair dude so he gives me I didn't bring anything to like listen to music on he gives me a CD player and some big ass Sony headphones and I pick out Disturbed and Toxicity System of a Down. And I listened to Toxicity from front to back on that seven hour drive probably 25 times. Right. Yeah. Not a bad album. No. I loved it. Everything about it. One of my good friends uh, from here, he played drums for Seether. Sick. And then he went out and played for Static X. <laughs> and uh, that guy's got some stories, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I think the <coughs> shit that happened in that band probably saved his life. Really? Because he was in bad shape. Drugs, yeah. alcohol, that sort of thing. He would just party way too much. Those guys were fucking nuts. How do you not, you know? I I get it. I, phenomenal drummer. I don't even think he really plays much anymore. He That's does, a different world, too. The rock world. Um, yeah, because they don't... I mean, I look at it in a sense. They don't... They don't it's not really an arena thing. They play on huge. Fu- I mean, a band of that size. I mean, yeah. you get treated different. You're, everything's different. And you know, I rock star, legit. Yeah, legit. That's why they call it that. It's a whole different deal. I watched him obviously from being here and being in local bands to actually his drive to L.A. to try out for Seether. I was on the phone with him the whole way. Like I used to. There was a guy. His name was, was he like freaking. Yes and no. Yeah. I've probably taken 10 guys from here down to L.A. to try out for bands because back when I was doing the other stuff, I had a great relationship with L.A. and I would yeah. take drummers and singers. And My buddy Austin tried out for Fuel. I drove him down for that one. My Fuel other buddy tried out, tried out for Boy Hits Car uh, playing <laughs> nice. drums. And yeah. it was like like those. I learned a lot from that just by going with them just to see what. I like to say that, that uh, artistry comes in many forms. You guys sit in a practice and rehearsal room. Um you also go into recording studio. Then you go do your live show stuff. There's and the writers. There's just so many elements of what you guys do. But what I learned from Boy Hits Car was they were they had four days of drum tryouts, and I went on the fourth day with my buddy Nick, and we were late in the afternoon, twelve hours into the day, and it was like the first day, the first band. I mean, the first drummer. Like those guys are they fucking came to find themselves a drummer, and wow. every one of them was a hundred percent show. Like there's a million people out there. It was the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen, ever experienced. There's been quite a few artists that come through here that that have that same thing. Like I would go watch local bands play here and I would see them and they'd be like, come out and see our rehearsal, you know, cause they wanted to play at the house of blues sort of thing. And, yeah. and I would go out there and I'd be like, what are you guys doing? They're like, Oh, it's just band practice. And I'm like, well, what the fuck you, I don't want to be here. Goodbye. Like, and they'd be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, Dude, your practice is supposed to be like you're playing in front of people. Period. Yeah. End of story. You're pra- you're honing your craft all the fucking time. Right. Like like you said, the other night you played for nobody. 
Yep. It better have been the same fucking shows if you're playing for everybody. Or, it was, it or, always or, is. Well, I just meant in a sense you're you're gonna kill yourself. Like you're gonna kill your own drive and your own that right. should never let you down. That's an opportunity to get paid to fucking practice. Well, and, I always think like, hey dude, you got eight people out there watching you, blow their fucking minds. Yeah. Make, make them, eight new fans. Make them go, yeah. And then make them go tell their friends, like, dude. Yeah. We just went and saw this guy, and like nobody was there. And then there are those people that, like, later on, hopefully, when you get to that next level, they're like I saw that dude when yeah. nobody was there watching him, and everybody's watching Cody Johnson across the river yeah. at KFC Center. And it's just, yeah, that's how it goes. You can't, you can't like take that to heart necessarily. Never. You know, I have regulars that come in here and go, "Well, why didn't you tell me about this person?" I went, "What?" Because when they find out that Luke played here, why didn't you tell me he was playing I'm like, I didn't fucking know he was going to be huge. But you know what? You never fucking know. And right. you said it perfectly. When you hang out with those people and spend time with them, I mean, you have to be genuine. You do yeah. it for all the right reasons. But right. at the same time, find yourself your click and chill with them. A lot of, uh, a lot of not genuine people in Nashville. But you, it, it's most of the time it's pretty easy to pick them out. But I think that's any, any, any big city with that kind of thing going on. Yeah. That's how it's going to be. You got cloud chasing. and So it's... It's kind of a good thing. It's kind of a blessing because if you are genuine, it really sticks out to people. Because they, it's rare? <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I honestly, you know, to toot my own horn, it's just, I, got, I just grew up with a with a good family, God bless, and, like, I just treat people well because I want to be treated well. And it's not that difficult to have that mindset. It's not. You Nobody know? in your family identified as a cat? No. <laughs> Good We're not, you never know, though. You know, we never. We, we could be getting there. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that comedian said at the end of that was he was literally like when he said, "Go sleep outside because your mom's." And he said, "Fuck those kids." And I was like <laughs> laughing because I just sit back and I'm like, "To a fucking T is, yeah, the world you live in. Fuck those kids." It's one thing to have an imagination, but like, stop embracing it. I think people go too far with stuff. A little too far. And I don't understand why. I mean, attention. I I think that like I understand. Gay, I understand it. It's cool. Whatever. Well, about it. It's yeah. what it is. What it is. Yeah. Whatever. But you're not a fucking cat, and you're not like I just Let's trip out. Be real. You yes. know what I'm saying? One of my really good friends. Um, he's 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 gay, and and I don't ever think twice about the other side of it because he's my friend. Right. And I have and like I hang out with him a lot, and and we have fun. We have mutual interest with cars and, and that kind of thing. And, but the other people that, that have the phobia, that's what kills me. And that's, and I think that's the same thing that comes into, I mean, if you're allowing your kids to identify as a cat, you're the fucking problem. It's not your kid. It's you. hundred percent, man. That's, that's, I did weird shit when I was a kid. Sure. You know, we all did. We didn't know any better. Yeah, but I wasn't a cat. <laughs> I was never a cat, dude. I will say. I didn't even fucking dress up as a cat. I may have been like a cowboy or an Indian at some point, yes. but I was never a cat, dude. Dude, we used to wrestle in the front yard. I had a cardboard fucking belt that whoever won would fucking take it home that night. We'd Wouldn't meet the next day. would you want to be a dog, too, though? Cats suck, man. What the fuck? What are we doing? <laughs> like, dude, I want to be a golden retriever if I'm going to be anything. Right. Dude, I, I don't want to be a hunting dog. Sometimes I water's cold yeah oh dude <laughs> i sure as fuck don't want to be a chihuahua no those dogs suck. i think a gold taco or, bell that's, or, that's about it right yeah, dude that's what they got going um i gotta tell you a funny story about brian uh he came here 
him and Dylan had a show somewhere, and they ended up drinking. They ended up coming here, and Brian ended up drinking an awful lot of Blue Valor. And so I gave him a ride back to, uh, they were staying, I think, at Virgin. I gave him a ride back. And he's like, can you stop at Taco Bell on the way? Well, when he left here, he took his rest of his bottle of Blue Valor. Well, <laughs> we went to the Taco Bell around the corner, and it's a, it's a, it's a Vegas one, so it's open all night, and it's got all the fucking lights. It's yeah, it's a cantina, right? Yeah, but I don't think this particular one serves liquor. It was right around the corner from here. It's not the one down on Harmon, but it's right around the corner. I'm Is not it sh- on the way to our to South Point? Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, it's beautiful, it's got a right? Cool sign yes, and shit. Yeah. yeah. So we go through that drive-through, <laughs> and and he's in the back seat. He ordered. I don't know, $60, $70 worth of Taco Bell himself. It's the fucking greatest thing in the world. Well, <laughs> we get up to the window. He gives the guy fucking blue valve. The guy's drank it while he was working in the drive through poured it in a glass fucking My shot man, it. Dude. dude. I was like, Brian, like, so we joke back and forth. We send Taco Bell shit back and forth. He's like, I haven't had it in a while. I'm like, you're a fucking liar, dude. You're just a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm like, did you wake up and eat it all? And he said that he ordered some of it for... I think their sound guy was with them. I forgot his name, Brad, or I don't remember his Some name. Some of it. Yeah. $70. But like. what was funny is, is that kid bought his own shit. So that's what I kept telling him. Was, Dude, he bought, he bought his own shit. Like, I don't, that's funny. That's what I was just talking about. No shit. Yeah. The universe, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's works in mysterious place. ways. Daniel's calling me right now. That's why I said that. But uh, I, yeah, I, I tease him all the time. So he's going to be back out here not in not too long. And um, I was like, Taco Bell. And like we joke about it all the time because I've that. never seen anybody. I'll ask my friends, like, what's the most money that you spent at Taco Bell? Think about it. 20 bucks? No. Maybe 30? I've, I've done some damage. For yourself? Yeah. Like 40. Really? Yeah. You eat it all? Uh, oh, yeah. Sick. Wake up with a rock in my gut, dude. Just absolutely miserable, <laughs> like hating myself. So I always find out when I eat food late at night the next morning, I'm fucking starving. I don't know why that is. I never wake up stuffed. I always wake up hungry when I oh, eat the shit. night before. Yeah. I guess it could depend on what you eat. They say like a good tablespoon of peanut butter before you go to bed. It really just kicks the metabolism and all Does it? Yeah, I guess. I've never I heard know. that. Mexican pizza, yes or no? Yeah. Any yeah. pizza. Literally, <laughs> dude. Put fucking, I don't know, some crickets on a pizza. And You'll eat it? Shit. Yeah. They gotta be chocolate covered or just, can it still be alive? Yeah. <laughs> Sick fuck. <laughs> Tell people how to find you online. Um, yeah, Jason Cross Official on TikTok and Instagram. And um, we got Jason Cross Music on Facebook. Got some YouTube stuff out there. Got a music video that we dropped. It's like, I think we're getting close to like 800,000 views. Badass. Yeah. What's the name of that one? Already Gone. Cool. That's probably my favorite song I've put out so far. Um, just as far as like, we wrote it with so much intention, like every word. There wasn't a wasted word. It was one of those. I really look up to like Hardy yeah. for that reason because he's just an incredible writer. And you just listen to his songs, and it's like, wow, he literally, every word is so intentional, like straight to the hook and title. Let's have some fun with that real quick. The first yeah. time you heard The Mockingbird and the Crow, what would you think? Um, it took the second time for me. I thought, the first time I was like, wow, this is badass, but I don't think I gained the full appreciation for it until the second time I heard it. Yeah. And then I listened to it you know, a hundred more times, and now it's like one of my favorites. I sat in here with Heath Sanders, and he said to me... Heath's my boy. He's a fucking cool dude. Yeah, he is. He, um, Good old he, Arkansas boy. He said, what did you think of that song? And I said, dude, I'm going to go ahead and be an asshole and tell you that I listened to the beginning of it. I didn't listen to the whole song all the way through because he asked me what I thought of the breakdown. He called me out on it. So I went back and listened to it again, and then listened to it again, and then listened to it again and again and again. And I was like, what in the fucking fuck? Like, it is the baddest song to me to sit back and tell radio, to tell the people in the music industry where to stick it. 100%. Was, and, but not my favorite song on the album. What's your favorite song on that on the new release? Oh, shit, dude. I love 
I don't know if I can pick one, man. Really? I love Jack. Okay. Um, a lot go, of people let, say let's red. Let's go top three. Let's go okay. top three. So, me being the rocker guy, I'm like all about the rock side. I will say the countryside, the um, have one for me or drink okay. one for me. Drink one for me, yeah. So cool that he took that the other end of Give Heaven Some Hell. Like it's the dude that they're singing that song about back down to earth. Like, right. He's just a fucking genius, man. But I would say Jack, Truck Bed, and I Ain't in the Country No More. That's my favorite. I Ain't in the I Country, country no more. Dude. That shit is uh, It is the fucking, it is, to me, it's like a lot of people here, I think a lot of people pick their song based on who he's singing it with, and a lot of people went with Red. Yeah. Just, and I'm just like, man, that's cool and all. But listen he's going to be bigger than Morgan. I think so, too. I think he will. I get Whether to, it's in the rock world or the country world, like or just overall, I just feel like he will be more monumental. He'll last longer. Yeah. Yeah. He's revolutionary. I think that he's he's he reminds me a lot of Cody Johnson in the manner of which he conducts business. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like yeah, he's, literally uh he doesn't need anybody for anything. He's unapologetically himself in every way. Yeah. Yeah, on, on every level. He doesn't give yep. a shit about nothing. And I sat in here with him, and I was talking to him. I was like, if you weren't doing music, what would you be doing? He said, mowing lawns. Fair enough. So <laughs> you listen to Sold Out, and he talks about mowing lawns, right? Yeah. And I talked to him, what, fuck, four years ago? And he goes, uh, I said, I got 2,400 square feet in my backyard of grass. You want to come mow it? And he looked at me, he goes, you got a lawnmower? I said, I don't, but I will pick one up on the way home. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, I mean, I wish I would have fucking held him to it. That would have been fucking have. badass. Have been like, it yeah, some good content. Yeah, it would have been fucking <laughs> rad. But I mean, I just sit back and I look at stuff like that, and it makes me smile because it's like he's always going to be who he is, and that's yep. that's what that's why I think he'll be so successful. I don't think what Morgan, what they're saying he did was out of line. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think they used him as a whatever. Do I think he had a drinking problem? Yeah. Yeah. Did I get to experience it firsthand here? Yeah. Mm. Um. But I don't think he did anything that you and me wouldn't do. Did it do him too much harm? No. No. I think it benefits. It's more it of a fucking play. Press, baby. Love it. Dude, thanks again for the time. Yeah, appreciate you. Go get a brand new tattoo. Your mama didn't like it. Already had a few. Yeah, see where you got that bitch and attitude. You can't take that shit.